September 9, 2020, it's a Watt from Pedro show.
time without rains, but a wild horse you can't tame. Wanders through the canyons and the dunes and the deserts and sandy mirages, ooze echoes barrage. The days and the whinnies, on back to the ears of the pony who wanders to conquer his fears. Strangles.
without reins, but a wild horse you can't tame. Wanders through the canyons and the dunes and the deserts and the sandy mirages, zoos, echoes, mirage. The nays and the whinnies, on back to the ears of the pony who wanders to conquer his fears. For Pedro's show, happy Wednesday. A lot of smoke in the air here, but it's worse for smoke. the people with the flames. Yeah, it's a intense September, top of everything else. Uh, we start off the show with Out of This World, the last part of it, live in Seattle, John Coltrane. I think there was two bass players. Anyway, after that was Yellow Sea by Ice, and uh, Brother Matt out his... Uh, Love Grotto on the pleasure point here. We're quite in quarantino mode still, but I am not totally man alone because due to the software engineers in Estonia with their incredible Skype software, I got ice with me. Welcome, Hi. Welcome aboard. And uh, Thanks for having me. And, and where are you talking to us from? I'm in Knoxville, Tennessee, okay. United States of America. You know, we just lost a great musician from Knoxville. Who? Uh, Mr. Simeon Cox of uh, Silver Apples. Dang, R.I.P. Yeah, now this was a guy, uh, drummer man named Danny, two-man band. It's 1968. I mean, they're using well, elect electronics, right? They're they're way ahead of their time in their time. And uh, Whoa, I got to check that out. Yeah, please oh. check out Silver Apples because it seems like you're kind of uh, into electronics. Well, music in yes. general. In fact, I want to ask. I want to get into your story. What, 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 what about music? What, what's your earliest musical recollection, please? Oh my God. Um, okay, probably at the church. I used to go to daycare at this little Baptist church down the street, and they made us do this like Christmas performance. And I was like three, and I remember mom dressed me up like a little baby doll and. We had to go, they shepherded all the kids out there on the stage and made us all sing Christmas carols to our parents. I think that was my first, my first stage performance. Okay, your first gig. And this is Knoxville? <laughs> yeah, Knoxville. Okay, okay. I think the play, first time I played there was uh, that deli, Jim and, one of the guys just passed away. Uh, Sam and Andy's deli? Uh, it wasn't Sam or... and Andy, it was somebody, but it was two dudes. <laughs> okay. Vic and Bill's. <laughs> I, I'm always forgetting their fucking names. You know, the uh, guy I did the last two years of Stooges gigs with, uh, the drummer uh -huh. man, was Larry Mullins, and he's a Knoxville guy. 
Oh, I didn't know that. Well, that's why I wanted you on the show so I could enlighten you to that fact. <laughs> so, Thank you. That's why there's so many Stooges fans in Knoxville. That's right. He ran off to Hollywood with the doorman. The doorman was a guy they called <laughs> Bonehead. <laughs> anyway, uh, uh, let's get back to your story. In the pad you grew up there, was there musical instruments? Uh, well, no. I mean, I'm like the freak of the family, and nobody really plays anything. But they, my parents didn't give me some like little toy Casio when I was like a baby. So there was like a little pink Casio with like round buttons instead of keys um, that I had in my bedroom. till they upgraded me when I was about ten, and I had a, a an actual real keyboard. And I used to write little love pop songs <laughs> in my room on that thing. Yeah. Now, now were they yeah. listeners? Did they have record collection? No. Okay. My dad had some eight tracks. He had like Inagata De Vida. And my mom loved like <laughs> Amy Grant and Christmas music. So I was pretty um, deprived. I like, I mean, I, like my most of the music I was around was like church music, like Southern Baptist music. And honestly, like, when I was like 10 and I wanted to start listening to like dance music or rap, they wouldn't let me. I was like prohibited to watch MTV. So I was pretty shielded from music in general. Well, well, Ice, what about school? Were you in the choir or the marching band or shit like that? Yeah, all of it. <laughs> I started, I went, I did, uh, I started playing clarinet and when I was 11 and I did like the orchestral uh club I guess through middle school and in high school I did marching band and I was pretty lame but pretty awesome um we did like outcast songs and like the rap group outcast songs and the marching band so that was pretty lit but but yeah I did choir yeah all the music so outcast yeah they're Atlanta guys that that big song right so and and what I was thinking of is uh outcast Atlanta band And, and what was what was their big tune uh, hey, y'all. That's right. That's right. So, um, we did like me. We did like me and, and you, your mama and your cousin too. Uh, I don't know. I went to like an inner city high school, so there was a diverse uh, group of students, and we had like a we had a black band teacher that, and he 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 loved like hip hop and R and B, and so he made us like integrate a lot of that into our our uh, marching band performances. <laughs> Now, did you do the thing like after school with the ba- uh, somebody's garage band or basement band, bedroom band, that kind of thing? Uh, no, we. I, I tried. I mean, I would play with my friend. She played trumpet in her shed, and oh. I'd bring my clarinet. Was, her parents wouldn't let her play in the house, but uh, no, I didn't have an after school band. I didn't start really playing outside of school until uh, after I graduated. And uh, I was I was in this band, all girl band called Trapper Keeper, and it was four girls, and it was like pop punk. It was like a cross between like Peaches and Gravy Train and Basement Jacks. We were really obnoxious. We would throw like condoms and Spanish flies out in the audience and lip gloss. And what did you play? Clarinet. Uh, yeah, I played clarinet. That's like the only thing I knew how to play, which didn't really fit in <laughs> with the vibe. <laughs> And, uh, no, but it's kind of uh, unique. It's kind of unique. Yeah. Well, later on, I played. There, I only did a couple gigs with them because then I ended up moving to Florida. But I, uh, I later played like the Doctor Sampler and the Doctor Groove in that band, and uh, that was like the first time I played 
electronics. That was about 2001. Okay, I want to play Troll. Oh, yeah. Okay, good.
It's like they know all that's at stake, and there is no use in making me wait.
am made of dirt, I am made of dust, made of dirt, made of dust, I am made of dirt, I am made of dust, made of dirt, made of dust, I am made of dirt, I am made of dust, made of dirt, made of dust, I am made of dirt, I am made of dust, made of dirt, made of dust, I am made of dirt, I am made of dust, made of dirt, made of dust, I am made of dirt, I am made of dust, made of dirt, made of dust, I am made of dirt, I am made of dust, made of dirt, made of dust, I am made of dirt, I am made of dust, 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 dust. From ice, I should say. And then tobacco, Mr. Tom, he's got a new album coming out, Halloween. Uh, hot, wet, and sassy, and this is Centaur Skin. Aunt Sally after that from, or Aunt Sally, I should be. Aunt. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, in Japan, they probably, you know, what's Spanish? That's true. Tia in Spanish. Zia in Italiano. Uh, but anyway. All for sale. That's few. She's got a new album out too. His name is Alive, late night version. I think that's new. Black Lodge after that. Castle to Castle. Yes, and my disciple stuff here. Will Johnson did brand new out of Austin with Los Cueros. Not the crows, no, not the tequila. <laughs> and then uh, his buddy Thor Harrison, Rob Halverson, after that with. You got that thing started, and this is brand new. And then dust from ice. So, so you, oh. what, what part of Florida? Because, you know, Florida's bent, so it ain't as big as people think. When you're touring it, though, it's, yeah, it's almost California size. I love Florida. I was in uh, Pensacola, ah, basically Pan- lower lower Alabama right, the for Pan- a year. They call that the Panhandle. Yeah. I got stuck in a hurricane yeah. there. When I, well, stuck. I drove through it. Oh my God! The wild. house I lived in was like uh, destroyed six months after I left because from a hurricane. So I left in the nick of time. Well, well, during that time you were there, was there a club named Sluggos? Yeah, actually, okay. it was a. Well, there were several versions of Sluggos. Well, I think I lost you again. I Hold up! I was pretty bored for a year. Now, now, before Sluggos, there was a club called the Night Owl Bottle Club. Are, are you aware of that place? 
No. Okay. You know, Watt's been torn for 40 years, so yeah, <laughs> it's kind of hard to know. I do know that the, the Naval Air Flight School is there. <laughs> it is there, yes. I mean, you might see some weird UFOs looking things at night on the beach. That's right. That's right. But it's it's neat, man. All over the country's neat. I, everything's got its own special stuff. But when you were there, did, did you put together any of your own bands or did you join any other people's bands? Uh, I tr we, I tried to be in a band. It was unsuccessful. Well, I, it was short-lived. We were called like the Crunk Crusade. It was ignorant music, but it was cool. It was like live drums. We had a, a electronics or like a sampler and Dr. Groove. I, I think I probably tried to play the clarinet again. Again, that didn't fit in. And we had like a rapper and a guitar player and we practiced a few times, but the house I lived in was haunted and uh, I think the ghost disrupted that band. And this is the so pad. This was the pad that got destroyed. Yeah, yeah. Now you had no bass player. Oh, uh, we, uh, we, yeah, no, we. Well, we had the, uh, we had the electronic bass inside uh -huh. the machines. Oh yeah, that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so maybe that's better. Less complaints. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> you need something there. That poor lonely kick drum. You know, somebody's. Oh, yeah. We had some subwoofers going. Don't okay. worry. You know, I think there was a band from there called My Bike is a Pipe Bomb. Yes, there is. And I had that sticker on my bicycle and I would take it on the train in St. Louis and people would look at me sideways. Yeah, well, I was wondering about how they got across the border when they toured. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't <laughs> think that could be done now. Spotsky, uh guy who used to mix our old uh, SST records, he knew those people. He had some kind of connection. There was there was there was a good core of people out of the Slogo people I knew for a long time, but because of my Alzheimer's, I can't remember anybody now. <laughs> it's terrible. But yeah, there, there was there was a weird scene there for sure. Yeah. So what happened to you after that? Um. Well, Florida's dead. There's like nothing to do there, and so I wanted to go to architecture school. Um. So I ended up moving to St. Louis, and I was there for over 14 years and I just moved back to Knoxville in summer of 2018. But yeah, I was in St. Louis for the, you know, forever doing most, most of the music I did took place there. Correct me if I'm wrong, but there's a Frank Lloyd Wright house there. There is. And I've been there a couple of times. There, there's a, there's a, I know at least one in Hollywood. And it's, uh -huh. it's kind of falling apart because he liked to make the stuff out of the stuff that was around. It was limestone and the the rain is dissolving it. It's returning back to earth. Yeah, that's it. And <laughs> so, But how far did you take your architecture thing? All the way, baby. Okay. I'm a, I went through school. I've worked in firms for 15 years. I still work in a firm right now and... I'm uh, working on taking my tests so I can get my license, practice solo. Hopefully I'll have that the end of the year, beginning of next year. So I'm doing architecture and music and art all together and, and trying to figure out a way to sort of integrate them all together. Yeah, I was going to ask you, do you think it bears on your music? Oh, yeah. I mean, when I was thinking about it, I was like, they're actually really related. I mean, because now I'm mostly doing electronic music and and both music and architecture, it's like you're you're dividing holes into smaller pieces and finding like a balance between things. And, you know, like 
like a dimensioning, you know, like a ruler is kind of like a musical measure, you know, things can be divided. You're into, talking like a bar, a bar of music. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Just like the way things are organized to find like a nice balance. I can see the correlation between architecture and writing music. Do you know the famous Charles Mingus quote? No. Somebody asked him about uh, writing about music. And he said, writing about music is trying to like dance about around architecture. Dance around architecture. That's what he said. Something like that. Yeah. I, I, want, I want to build clubs and place it like I'm obsessed with like club environments and creating the perfect club situation and scenario. So I think, you know, that's my future is exploring sort of these like communal spaces and music rooms and studios and places to experience music and shows. You know, we had a pl place in West Hollywood in the old days called the Starwood and it had a lot of different little rooms uh -huh. and versus the idea of like just the one big you know, box yeah. where there's no mystery, you know, from the, from the hatch, you can see the stage. I mean, there's like no mystery. Versus this idea, spaces. yeah, like cat kind of catacomb, uh, labyrinth. Yeah, there was a the best club I've ever been to was in Knoxville. It was called the Underground, and that was like the late nineties, early two thousands. And I was really young then, but and it died. But they under the Underground was a boiler room, and it was the basement, and that one was open till like three to six a.m. And they play like hard techno down there, and. But it was like there was a lot of little rooms and the ceilings were low and it was like basically pitch black and and like foggy. And it was amazing. It was like being in like the Matrix or Blade or something. Blade the movie. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it was scary. Yeah. I was like, am I going to die tonight? Like no way uh, out if there's a fire? Yeah, basically. It was probably not safe. What, what's it called? The ghost ship? No, not the ghost ship. Something in the oh yeah, the, that's the one that yeah, that's right, the one that in the East Bay, right? Yeah, that was very. Sad. That's the problem. Like, a lot of people in uh, there's a lot of DIY shows in St. Louis and these abandoned houses or like built, abandoned buildings, and I'm like, as an architect, I don't feel comfortable in here. You know, like the stairs are partially missing, or there's like giant holes in the floor. People could just step through, and yeah, that's why. I, Things, that's why there's a building code. Yeah. But. Yeah. yeah. And uh, you, you feel as an architect, you, you'd like to push those codes? No, you want things safe, yeah. Well, yeah, you want things safe, but you can experiment within the constraints. What about acoustics? Yeah. Because, you know, I've played some pads. They're half glass. I mean, you, the, no. this, yeah, right. Terrible. <laughs> yeah, I've been in some like really ringy rooms where it's like all concrete or brick. <laughs> Especially in St. Louis, it's like hard and ringy. I can't. I'm like deaf when I leave. You definitely need some uh, softer walls, or if it, if it's not a perfectly symmetrical room, that helps. But yeah, I, I learned a, in school. I learned from a acoustical engineer, and she gave me some some tips. So, so part of your architecture training was acoustics. Yeah, that's great. Yes, yeah, it was included. Yeah, because 
especially if we're talking music, that's, yeah. It's yeah. not just on the side. That's kind of a major component. In fact, there's nothing like a pad that sounds good. I know. There there was a project I was working on in St. Louis, but then I moved. But uh, this guy wanted to build like a live reverb room in his studio. Uh, I was sad I had to leave that because I didn't even know what that meant. Like, it's basically you don't use reverb effects. You The room is the reverb, but it was supposedly built in a special way. But I don't, I'll never know how that works. Oh, no. Some of that stuff goes back to the Greeks in the way. Yeah. You know, I went, uh, I was with the Stooges in Athens, and I went to the Acropolis and the shit. And, and one of the, the amphitheaters there, or whatever yeah. places, it's in stereo, somehow, with no electronics. They knew what they were doing. Yeah. That's a, ama amazing. I like this idea of you mixing disciplines. You know, in the yes. old days of the movement, you had a lot of people from different areas because it was such a weird kind of trip, you know? It was, the, mm -hmm. the, the regular rock and roll people didn't like it. So you had people from all kinds of other things in the world get involved in music that maybe weren't, quote, supposed to. Yeah. Know. I'm definitely a freak of, you know, like there's, I'm not met any other musician in architecture. Most people that are architects are just architects. I mean, I've had to, I had to abandon music while I was in school just so I could like focus on learning it. So I feel like I'm kind of a late bloomer with music, but yeah, I love the idea of uh, crossing them together and, and with art, like there and looking like, yeah, back, back to ancient times because they knew how to do it. Um, reading older texts and learning what they learned. A lot of that is, lost or not really taught in modern day schools. What do you think of Frank Gehry? He's cool. I love the, I love that it's unconventional. He, he designed one of his first works was uh, here in Pedro. I live in the Harbor of Los Angeles. And we got a, uh -huh. the, the Cabrillo beach uh, Marine aquarium. And he was, uh, you, yeah, no straight lines. I saw, I've seen the um, Disney Amphitheater in L.A. when it was under construction a long time ago, like 20 years ago. I got to play there. Glenn Branca's oh. uh, Symphony Number no. 13, Hallucination City, and I was one of 20 bass players, 64 guitarists, and one drummer. Oh, my God. Wait, all, all the, everybody's playing at once? Oh, yeah, it was, it was quite a piece. Look, look, we're at the end of the first hour, September 9, 2020. Dear Peter, so special guest, Ice. Hold tight for hour two. September 9, 2020. It's the second hour of the Watt from Pedro show.
Thank you. 
Show we start off the second hour with Transcendental Trunk Rattler from Ice, and then uh, Sam Bennett over in Tokyo doing All Undone, Burn Hand Guy, home of Sun Ra people. Samuel Lock Ward after that with Inspirational Sports, <laughs> Go Vols, right, Go Vols, right there Vols, right? A lot of orange, a lot of orange, <laughs> orange. <laughs> My memories. Yeah. A guy, uh, Camp Childers, there was a band there in the old days, a hardcore band called Honor Roll. And uh, you, you might have been in uh, other parts. Uh, yeah, maybe. maybe. Florida parts of the time. Bullets or Balloons after that from uh, Spokanistan. Uh, six is one, half a dozen is the other. Uh, Peter Ko- Kovald, Damon Smith, some stand-up bass players with reflections on April 28th. Uh, I guess reflection number seven, and finally, rodeo disco, ice. Now, yeah. Now, now, I when you do ice, it, do you do you slip into a persona? But it sounds like Ow. you're you're integrated. You don't have split personality. You, you kind of alluded to that with the architecture thing, but it sounds like you got pretty together. Yeah, I try to just be myself. I don't really put on another person, another hat. I mean, I, I do, when I'm in the firm during the day, I got to be professional, uh, you know, and wear my business attire. But uh, slowly, my freak flag starts to show. But, yeah, when I do music, it's it's just me. I'm, I'm, I mean, I might get a little more rowdy. But, yeah, I don't, I don't like, put on, put, I'm not, like, putting on a character, I guess. Well, with, with this ice, uh, where'd you get this? It ain't ice. from the uh, kind of methamphetamine, is it? No. Oh, good. It's water. <laughs> it's frozen water. Yeah, I know, but it became slang for this fucking bullshit. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> of course. You're right. You're right. It's the most elastic of all the properties on the planet, right? The steam, the, the liquid, yeah. the solid. Yeah. Got, got to stay liquid. Yeah. And this in the state. Yeah. 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 And uh, my well, the guy my who former. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, you, you're oh. the guest. You're the guest, guys. <laughs> Oh, I was saying my former uh, moniker was Black James, and then I changed to Ice like a few years ago, and and then Ice became pretty controversial because everybody's like "fuck Ice," and I'm like, "Oh, here we go." <laughs> okay. <Yeah>. No, <laughs> I can't win. Also, Ice Cube was the cat who wrote all the words for the first uh, NWA album. Oh, Ice Cube. Yeah. And, uh, FTP. I mean, you know, that's a hard hustle because there's so many words just in one tune, man. It's hard to keep it going. 
and the and, and what and NWA. Just any kind of thing when you uh, uh, Rakim. He's another one of my. You know that first album by NWA, first album by, uh, and also the second album by uh, Eric B. Rakim. Incredible mm-hmm. word stuff, but I mean, you use so much of it in a tune. You know, what I mean, yes. it's hard to spread it out over some albums. <laughs> That's what I'm wondering. Yeah, especially yeah. like they're like rappers. I'm like, how do you come up with all this material, like all this lyrical content? It's just like flows and flows and flows. I'm like, I, I am pretty concise. Yeah. Writing writing words is my the bane of my existence. Like I I, I failed tenth grade English four three times, and in college I took English one hundred one four times. <laughs> but I I mean I I journal and I write scribble, but I I guess like organizing my my words on the paper is not something I, I consider that like mild torture. Well, I want to play this uh, head bang on a mo- mountaintop. Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> this is some poetry. Hey, turn the fucking camera off. Turn the fucking camera off, man. Hey, man, I swear to God, turn the motherfucking camera off. Hey, turn the fucking camera off. Turn the fucking camera off, man. Hey, man, I swear to God, turn the motherfucking camera off. Hey, turn the fucking camera off. Turn the fucking camera off, man. Hey, man, I swear to God, turn the motherfucking camera off. Hey, turn the fucking camera off. Turn the fucking camera off, man. Hey, man, I swear to God, turn the motherfucking camera off. Hey, turn the fucking camera off.
Moog, peace, take one.
For Pedro show, had bang on a mountaintop, ice. Yeah, you know that song was. Uh, I used to go to the chimneys and Smoky Mountains. That's like my favorite trail. And me and my dad used to go up the face of the mountain. Like there's no trail. Uh, like we just literally would climb up the face and bypass the trail. And uh, and then that that mountain, all the trees burned down you know like a few years ago like the mountains caught on fire you know that was the fire that that ruined gatlinburg and so i was pretty pissed that I, my mountain was ruined i know about that route i-40 going through the smokies actually there's some parts that are really dangerous yeah uh dollywood is around there somewhere dollywood yeah she's in Sevierville. Okay, okay she's a, next next county over okay next holler yeah, I, I had some. Uh, my great grandfather was a uh, was murdered for singing hymns, and when he was a hundred and one, and uh, when he when he died, like there was a lawsuit, and my his daughter, which is my grandmother, she won a settlement, and we we had to uh, split the money basically amongst all the siblings, and we found out we had this like Filipino side of the family, and we found out they were the Reed sisters. And the Reed Sisters was like a group, singing group in Sevierville, and they were modeled after Jackson 5. But it was four sisters and a brother, and their mom made them all matching outfits, and they had a public access TV show. And if you, like, look up the Reed Sisters on YouTube, like, there's some really funny videos of them, like, playing. They played all their own instruments and danced, synchronized dancing, and I was like, I found out about them when I was, like, 16, and I was like, Finally, there's more musical people that I'm related to because I always thought I was like the freak of the family. And but yeah, they used to play in these little theaters in Sevierville. There's like all those musical theaters up there around Dollywood. Sure, but but, but let me understand this. Murdered for singing hymns. Yeah, he he like fell and broke his hip when he was sweeping his elevator, and he had, he was like in the hospital recuperating. And they, they shut down this, like, mental institution that was really close. And uh, so all the, the mental patients were just dispersed into regular hospitals. So he was sharing a room with somebody who was mentally unstable. And this guy beat him up when he was singing hymns. And he died from that. Jesus. Yeah. Oh, fuck. I, guess... I asked my grandma what, what song he was singing. And uh, I forgot, but she I had it written down somewhere. 
that's I mean I don't need to laugh, but that's intense. And yeah, how could you how could you get how could you get murdered when you're 101? Like you already made it through life. Jesus, I know it's bizarre. You couldn't make that, that up. No. But yeah, then I found out about this whole Filipino family I have, and we they invited yeah. us over, and they made they made us like a huge feast, and we sang karaoke on laser discs. And that was cool. Ice, I think you got a train behind you. Yeah, is it, is it too? Yeah, there's a. I'm by the tracks. That's okay. It's okay. <laughs> what do you call that? Ambiance. Ambiance. <laughs> right. So something like that. Learning a story like that about your grandpa. Do you ever think about putting it in a song? Yes, <laughs> I, I wrote. I wrote one song about a another member of the family that I found out after another great grandmother died, we went through her stuff, found out her brother was an opera singer. He like traveled the world and there's pictures of him dressed as like Pagliacci, the clown Sure. from, uh, and uh, we, I found some letters from him where he doesn't want to be called uh, Michael or Mel anymore. His name was Mel lady. And he wanted to be called Mikel do and he wanted to sort of upgrade his existence from like basically poor white trash to being this like world traveling opera star. And I wrote a song about his, him basically about him cutting ties with his Southern identity to become a sort of like international classy man, but how it's, he's never really going to be able to like, you know, run from it all the way like Truman Capote yes <laughs> but but that's the trippy thing that the dangling duality you don't pick where you come from but you might have right. to say them the way you're going right I think Sly, yeah. Sly Stone once said it's not where you're from it's where you're at but in a way it, it's this weird kind of juggling act exactly I feel like especially being a southerner you know it's not very I mean, me, I'm like in the, in, in the like underground club scene, there's not any like rednecks or hillbillies in that scene. It's, uh, it's like historically not Southern and, or there's no country crossover, but I've been, I, I want, you know, I used to sort of reject my countryness, but I've learned that it's special. So I've been recently with my new material, trying to integrate more the countryness into dance music, which the only precedent I can think of that is like country dance music is like Cotton Eye Joe. And that song oh. is ridiculous. Yeah. 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 So <laughs> I'm like, I want, I'm trying to create country dance that is actually listenable and is not cringeworthy, which is very hard. Yeah. yeah. But I, I've, uh, I think I've cracked the code and it's taken me probably a decade figure it out like one time one time me and perkins this guy brings over he did an entire hundred percent ska version of tommy rock opera oh that yeah was, that, was <laughs> that was hard to sit through i would love to hear that <laughs> look we're at the end of the second hour september 9 2020 edition what peter so special guest ice whole time for hour three September 9, 2020. It's the third hour of the Watford Pete Rose Show. Welcome to Paradise. Welcome to Paradise. I was born in 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 Paradise. I was born
Watt for Pedro show. Start off the third hour with uh, Ice doing cumbia. So you like the Latin thing, huh? I do. There's a lot of I, cumbias. Yeah. I was in, when I was in St. Louis, there's a I lived on Calle Cherokee. Yeah. Which is uh, you know, there's a big Mexican and other, you know, Latin Latin uh, communities, right. but a lot of Mexicans there and uh, there's always like Cinco de Mayo Street Festival, which is actually pretty huge there. And I would play that. Uh, I played that like several years, and and I, I I I you know just try. I love singing in Spanish or trying to. I mean, I'm not trying to like. I don't know. I, I was just giving it a shot. Yeah, we had Crane but, after uh, that with Ballpark Figure, Mold Omen for Baltimore with M O D. From their MO series. Mystical Weapons, that's uh, Greg Sarnier from Deerhoof with Sean Lennon doing Dirty. Pussycat and the Dirty Johnsons from England with Abuser. And fi- uh, finally, Nuclear Wave. Ooh. Ice. Yeah. Reminds Ice. Of, there was a, su- a Sun Ra song called Nuclear War. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And uh, so. Uh, just recently, what did you just get done? Recently, I was working on a collab project, which is kind of rare for me because I'm usually just working solo. Yeah. and uh, Or I have been for the past several years, but I, I was working with my friend Eric Dante. He's a rapper, and I was producing the beats and adding the light screaming in the background. And we uh, released a song called Cast and Spells, and we shot a video and. Chicago, and uh, I've been kind of working on that uh, four songs that we want to release together. And, yeah, it's it's mostly like Eric, my friend Eric Dante has such good stage presence, and everybody loves him. So, and when I'm on stage performing, I'm like busy pressing the buttons, yep. and I don't have like you know I, I'm I can't really engage too much with the audience, or I'll get lost. But so it's kind of a good duo because i can concentrate on making the music and he's handling the crowd he gets to be a, but fr- it's, it's, a fr- front person like yeah well it's, making a, the record, it's like under it's like dance uh dark dance music yeah when, when when it came to making the music in the studio what was the process did you come up with the beats and then he it came up with words or the other way around yeah, I come up with the beats, and he'll write lyrics to it, and then I'll record his lyric or his vocals, and then I'll sprinkle them back in the song. Now, when you come, since you're the an instigator, yes, are you thinking him in mind, or are you just thinking I'm gonna get some good ice beats out here? Um, I'm kind of thinking I, I well, this particular project I was working on some good ice beats and I had him in mind at the same time. I wasn't worried about writing lyrics. I was, it was kind of the first time I made a lot of instrumental music and let him sort of take the vocals over. And when you do, an instru- when you do an instrumental music, is melody important so much with, with beats? Yes, absolutely. I mean, I started my whole solo project as Black James and I was uh, originally it was just me and my banjo, and then I started introducing uh, pedals and tapes, and I 
slowly introduced electronics and then I eventually ditched the banjo and uh and then I integrated the banjo back electronically like through samples but like so I started out as like a singer songwriter and and I still sort of follow that formula when I do like electronic songs because I, I feel like you know like techno is all like beats yeah and there's no it's like there's no start and stop it just goes on forever but I really like dance music that has a that still tells a story and it has there's emotion it has a beginning middle and end yeah i'm i'm i really am obsessed with melodies and they get stuck in my head yeah that, that's important to me for for like the beats can just be so hollow on their own and that's like about uh, you know i can be critical of other people's <laughs> like especially like music on the dance scene sure that is kind of hollow and it's just beat driven and there's not anything else going on. You know, it's funny the, 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 the slang they got for a melody tag. They'll call it a tag, right? It's just a tag. tag. Yeah. <laughs> Here, I want to play a good tag. Yeah. Good tag. I want to play complex. Oh
for Pedro Show. Last music for this edition. At the beginning of that chunk, Complex from Ice. Ice? But Complex. Yeah. Wait, but, you, but, you, I didn't scare you. But how, how important how important is the title in the song, Ice, for you? Very important. Is it Very. at the beginning or is it at the end of the composition? Um, It's usually at the beginning because I need to name the file. I'm, I'm just like that. And hardly anybody know. You know, everybody else know why you put the name on last. And I say I gotta have it first, or I got no focus. Yeah, and if I name it, rename it, then I can never find it. I'm like, what? What was the original name? Yeah. <laughs> okay, then we had Tightrope featuring Shadowlight and Harold Nono, PNDC and Housework. They're out of Serbia. Groove uh, Phil Ratio. That's from a uh, mammoth up here. Kind of scary with the fires. Uh, Brother Phil. Pandemic deceleration. And after that, Abramson Kane with Death Rattle. Track well, Yeah, track one. Pat Pat Kane, he's part of this duo in D.C. called Model Home. You aware of them? Oh, yeah. Um, Evan Lipson, my, my fiancé, another bass man. He just sent me Evan something. Lipson, I had him on the show. I know, I know, it's a small world. <laughs> and it came f- f- from Mike Baguetta, another, uh, well, he's a recent guy to Knoxville. He's from West Mass. Uh-huh. But yeah, yeah, it is a little world that, you know, the old punk rocker guy's getting to know. <laughs> I know, it gets smaller and smaller. I like it, I like it. But anyway, Pat, before he was in D.C., was in Buffalo, and he was blowing sacks all free like a John Coltrane trip, Albert Eiler. And so this is uh, from those days. And then finally we had Casting Spells by Ice. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, that, that's a great tune, man. I, I, Thank I, you. What, what is the process? Oh, my God. Listen, okay. For Casting Spells, I'm sorry. Most of my other songs are like six, seven minutes. I can't yeah. help it. Yeah. But like Casting Spells, I read the, uh, the KLF manual. You know, where they're like, how to make the perfect pop song. Have you ever read that? (laughs) Okay. So they're like, here's the formula. Uh, Don't make it longer than three and a half minutes. I actually tried with casting spells. I'm like, I'm going to see what I, if I can actually create a song under three and a half minutes with like verse, verse, bridge, verse. And it's like really the first time I'd actually tried to work within that formula. And I, I, you know, when I play the songs, when I record them, I'm playing them live. It's like one track into the computer. I don't really make beats in the computer ever. I'm making it all on my machines, and then I record right. a live track. Right. So the I play the song more, probably. Uh, it's time. more like the tape recorder. Yeah. Basically, yeah. And I, I play the song probably 20 times, and it kept being like six minutes, six minutes, and then it would be like 545. <laughs> 5.30, and it was like, finally, it was so hard to get it under four minutes, but uh, I finally did, and I I feel like it is it is kind of catchy. I think it worked. When I'm cooking, they call it reducing. I think you, you're trying to boil yes. off the water, right? You make the, the gravy. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> the reduction. Yeah, the reduction. Yeah. The or, 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 I think a chemist would say distil- distillation, the distilling. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm, uh, I'm usually just like, uh, let's make this operatic and, you know, it could be an hour and 22 minutes. <laughs> but where can people find, people, where can people find you on the internet? Uh, I'm, I'm on Instagram underwater waterhead. 
I'm on the. But is Twitter. there an ice? Is there an ice website? There's not an ice website, but I'm like all over the internet. But uh, yeah, Twitter, Ice Waterhead. I have a Bandcamp uh, that is Black James. Okay. Uh, Bandcamp, Bandcamp.com/slash/BlackJames, and that's where all my um, all my albums are. Okay, okay, that's good. That's good because I I respect yeah. the Bandcamp Bandcamp people big time. But all those other pads, they might go underwater, and then you won't have any presence. That's why I ask about a website. Yeah, I I probably should make one one day. I'm yeah. kind of lazy about all that. I don't mean to come on like some kind of a whip cracker or something. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next plan. Next plan. I plan on releasing my sixth album in 2021 in the spring. Um, it's it's going to be... Uh, my hillbilly trance album that I've <laughs> been been thinking about how to make and trying to figure out how to make for probably a decade, and it's going to be in uh, 432 hertz, which is oh yeah, unheard of, unheard of. You know, with the bass with the bass guitar, 432 is kind of an ugly frequency. We usually put a canyon there. A can a what? A canyon, a dip, uh, a cavern, a. a a, a valley, okay. a valley, yeah, because it's just ooh. It can be kind of a ooh, but in well, other music, I know, especially when you're trying to conk, it's supposed to like touch a part of your body. That's good. Yeah, so, I'm getting all I'm getting all new agey. Oh, that's okay. It's been a big honor to have you aboard, Ice. When you come out with this new you. hillbilly trance without the oxycotton thing, can can you come back thank on you. the radio show and and talk about it? Absolutely, I would love to. Okay. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, very, very welcome. Very welcome. People, it's been the September 9, 2020 edition of Pedro Show. Keep your powder dry. <laughs>